Brack dog earthlets. Ah! My name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 200th episode of Space Spinner 2000. Two centuries of Space Spinner. It's very true that it definitely feels like that. And Conrad, I cannot say anything else because you're doing your intro. Shout out to everyone who's been with us since 1820. It's a podcast oh. <laughs> where two Americans try to make sense of the UK Zone Galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode recovered 2000 AD for April 1989, Prog 620, <laughs> 624 to 626. Is that right? No, I got it no, wrong. 621 to Fox. 624, you dang yeah, that's right. 21 oh, to 24. Fuck you, buddy. All right. Here I, we listen, go. man. It's drinking age up here by 600 years. Sabotaging myself. This time, Dred's <laughs> headed down south for justice. Anderson's in a psychic showdown. Medevac 318 comes down hard. And Rogue Trooper gets held up on his way to Cinnabar. It's <laughs> a crucifixion oh. joke. Oh, <laughs> and, man. And Conrad and Fox... Get drunk in unison, as opposed to the last podcast where Conrad tries to keep Fox from falling over for three hours. I'm really, I'm really hoping that my own inebriated state will mean that I could, I can cut your shit off a little bit more. Oh no, it just a little bit more. I mean, if anything that I can remember from last time, it's that this is going to be a unique and interesting experience. Indeed. Yeah. Well, 198 was a real was a real um, crossroads of both Fox drinking a lot and it being our first episode back after a long layoff, which are always longer, just because we're oh. like giddy and ju- bouncing off bouncing off each other and things like that. Well, but, this is this is this is lucky because that was last time. Yeah. When I was, I mean, yeah. Now we've now we've shaken out the silly, so it's good time to go. If you want to read along, you'll find the comics we're covering today in the Judge Dredd Complete Case Files 13, Judge Anderson and Psy ah. Files Volume 1, Daily Dreads 2, Strandium Dog The Final Solution, Rogue Trooper Tales of New Earth 4, and Judge Dredd Magazine 345. I only just remembered uh, the thing you said at the before we started this, is that you're also <laughs> Oh, this will be great. Sick. Yeah, you can really timestamp a lot of the episodes co- that, that are about to come out because you can hear my sick voice as I do them. Oh, um, it's beautiful. You've got kind of this like uh, sexy Marvin Gaye thing going on. Something. Fox, 200 episodes. I'm pretty stoked. Uh, apparently, Tharg is not that excited. I mean, really, he should know in the past about what we're doing here. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. I mean, we, well, we get, oh, wasn't there a thing? I read a, th- we read a thing about him today. In this comic, there was a there was a thing. Oh, yeah, oh you know, God, he's it all doesn't over the place. It yeah. doesn't matter. Tell me about <laughs> Helios, you son of a bitch. Well, no, because first I want to just do some general discussions here before Ooh. we get too far into this episode. I'm into wanna, that. Yeah, I want to thank everybody who's listened to all these episodes we got. Oh yeah, you're great. To the folks who have come on and guest host an episode, uh, Steve Lacey. Uh, Eamon Clark, Steve Green, oh, Stephen mean. Reed, uh, Peter a- Adamson, Colin, Colin YNWA, David Renee, Jake Ebling, uh, Zane Kip Miller, Joe Eady, Dave Wynn, Alex Firth, Dave Healy, John Burtis, David Page, James McMurdy, Lay S, 
and Pete Wells, who was just in the most recent episode, as well as my own friends. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming out and helping with the show. And of course, the biggest thanks I have to give is to my co-host, Fox. Thanks uh, for sticking with me for all these episodes, buddy. And here's to so bitch. many more. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. then Let's have a drink to that. Whoa, getting Ricky in here. Um, I so, can't also, help it. Yeah, I wanted to break down some stats before we got to the 200th episode, buddy. So here's some big oh, ones. Oh, no, no. <laughs> These One. always make me... No, okay. It's actually our 247th episode, if you got everything we've put out. Space Spinner, one, Space Spinner episode 168 is the actual 200th episode. That's if you count, like, collections and reaction and all that stuff. God, we really are doing it, Thargy. Absolutely. Also, because of our guest host, Fox, this is actually your 173rd episode, you slacker. Y'all uh, hit 200 when we got to episode 230, just FYI. <laughs> so that that's when I should be uh, very sober and prepare everything. <laughs> okay, I'll believe when I see it. Uh, nope. We've got just about 300 um, hours of audio recorded for this show. So if you Holy want to sit shit. down and listen to all of Space Spinner, including Reaction and the collections, it take you over 12 days of uninterrupted listening. So get to it. Yeah, and make sure to wear adult diapers or, or at least watch it, I guess, in a bathroom. Yeah, I mean, you could listen periodically in a bathroom as it came to that, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm not sure. You know, it's true. It's, a, it's not a visual medium. I'm 100 percent not your podcast boss. I mean, even if it was a visual medium, they we couldn't see them. Fox, like, come on, whatever. I, if only. <laughs> Don't watch this in your car. Only watch it in your bathroom or in your adult underwear. Whoa! Um, finally, and this one's kind of embarrassing. Uh, top and bottom thrills are always a big part of a broadcast, and I really oh, wanted God, to. I forgot to tabulate. You did this. Well, I wanted to do this. I wanted to tabulate and have a bunch of percentages worked out, things like that. But I'm both sick and now drunk, so I'm only about halfway through <laughs> the, the the episodes. That's so, so many things, man. But by the time this thing comes out, I'll have done it. So I'll let future Conrad take it away and just give us some stats. And I'll probably post like some pie charts of what our most frequent oh top and bottom thrills are with this episode. <laughs> you know. Thank you, future Conrad. Yeah, fuck you, buddy. Take it away. <laughs> Thanks, past Conradded Fox. Let's talk bottom thrills overall. And I'll <laughs> post p pie charts with the oh, episode God. and links to raw data as well if you're really into that kind of thing. Just to be clear, I'm only counting main prog episodes here, Fox. This took like a week. Uh, oh, jeez. Well, not a week, but like, you know, a week of very distracted work. So, you know, maybe like a day of actual work. <laughs> um, okay. But but I'm only counting main prog episodes here, not specials or guest hosted episodes, except for the 1979-2080 annual, which slipped in by accident. I apologize for nothing. Anyway. <laughs> so, Fox, here are our top three thrills. I was going to split it up, but actually we both have the same top three thrills and the same bottom three thrills, actually. Wow, Freak really? Out. Yeah, we got this solidarity overall, man. I don't That's know. beautiful. I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just when things are good, they're generally good. And we just, I feel like we've also developed similar tastes just by hanging <laughs> out for 200 and some episodes, you know? Yeah. Um, so, third place, our third most favorite thrill was Nemesis the Warlock. Man, I'm so unsurprised by that. 
Yeah, you picked it a total of 10 times, and I got a lucky 13. Oh, nice. Really in theme there. Doing it, you know, do my best when I'm not even aware of it. (laughs) So in second place for our most frequent top thrill, I bet you can guess that it's Strontium Dog. Yeah, very unsurprising. That's because when it's good, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, always a strong contender, but not a re- but you know only a re- only when it's around, which is not as frequent as we- as you might like. Yeah, exactly. So, and we apparently liked it just about the same because you had it twenty three times, and I did twenty two times. Oh shit! So quite a bit of overlap. Finally, number one top thrill, of course, Judge Dread. Feel like yeah. Once you're the namesake of the comic book, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the one thrill that is, like, is in contention every single episode, you know? Yeah. Like, it's all it's always there. And there are times where it's really, you know, where it's not just always there, but also really the star of the prog. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you picked uh, Dread as top 28 times, and I picked him a whopping 54 times Jesus over a third Christ. of my overall top thrills. <laughs> oh. That says something about my tastes. Well, I mean, I think we sort of jump around a lot. And I'll say I often pick Dread when you pick something else just because I want to talk about Dread as well, you know, or something like that. And like also I'm cognizant like I one of my favorite podcasts um also like is a is is a pro wrestling podcast about the Attitude Era and they do like a, you know, match of the night and MVP and stuff. And the host there is also like, all right, like if I can't, if I have trouble thinking, I'll probably pick like Stone Cold Steve Austin just because he's so important and I don't want to like be chasing whoever's new and cool and miss like the stalwart character. So I'll often yeah. pick Dredd just because I want to make, you know, because he's the stalwart and I don't want to sort of take him for granted basically. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Bottom thrills, Fox. Oh, man. <laughs> You're the real contenders for the the things closest to our heart. Yeah, well, our, our our love of whipping boys means that our bottom three are also the same, Fox. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I I feel pretty strongly that I know at least one of these. Do you do you want to take take some guesses? Uh, so I definitely feel like Future Shocks has got to be in there. Hmm. That that one I feel like is is well known. Um. Ooh boy. Uh, it had to be around for at least long enough, so it can't just be Death Planet. No, no, it's got to be a Pareto. It's got to be something that's around for like at least like a year, if not longer. Oh, geez. just to rank up those bottoms. Are we? Uh, uh, have we gotten there fast enough to just say that uh, Turner and Hooch or Sprunkle and Dunkus, whatever the fuck his name was, <laughs> those those side dudes? I don't like their stuff. What, Fervent and Loeb? We haven't even gotten to that in episode 200, Fox. You're messing with the timelines. Listen, man, there's too many timelines for me to keep up with. All these freaking Rosen bridges and shit. Uh, uh, That's all I got. It just hit me with them because I'm not honestly sure what we would have put there. Okay. So here we go. Okay. So uh, the... Number three, the the pro, the thrill with the third most bottom choices. <laughs> um, number one is continual loser, Mean Arena. Oh, I don't know man. if you know, you know from eighty to eighty two or so. Yeah, this we were tale of, the shit of future out of that sports. I mean, I'll say a lot of times, Mean Arena was often like like was. A man left out, like like a just a left out in the cold, like a like a bottom by by elimination kind of choice. 
Yeah. Because that was a it was a strong time. I mean, it was a time of return to Armageddon. Oh, and man, then so good. Rogue Troop and, and then and then like uh like a early ace trucking, early rogue trooper, the apocalypse war for a fair amount of it, like all kinds of stuff happened in the course of a mean of Mean Arena, which did get some tops also. I mean, I think that time Matt Talon killed somebody by like changing his face to look like Matt Talon <laughs> to frame him to be murdered. <laughs> I, I, I believe we gave that a top because that was because <laughs> that's that was, what it should. It should. <laughs> yeah, because it was just the just the most insane thing we'd ever seen, you know. But so so you I had me, Arena, always oh. when he was hanging out with a, like a ten year old boy that was also a robot oh, bodyguard. You know, God, I forgot about the android. <laughs> And that, that, that was never picked up on. Yeah, listen. Yeah. But uh, but uh, you had Mean Arena 11 times and I did 12 times. I feel like that's know, right. Consistently underperforming through the whole of the 80, or early 80s. Next, our number two lowest, number two most bottom thrill, Fox. Mm-hmm. Surprised you didn't pick this one, Rogue Trooper. Yeah, I was thinking about that just as you were like mentioning Rogue Trooper a moment ago, and I'm like, oh yeah, Rogue's probably down here. It's like, not. I mean, the, it's just not all that yeah. good. No, no, no. Yeah, the Space Spinner editorial policy for Rogue Trooper is always uh, it's okay, I guess. Keeps going <laughs> on. Keeps going on though. <laughs> Talked a lot about how, like, the end of of the first New Earth saga had a lot of side quest grinding and stuff like that. Um, But so, Fox, you had this blue man and his chips 20 times, and I (laughs) am 17 for bottom. Oh, man. And then, indeed, the number one bottom thrill (laughs) is Future Shocks. You know, they used to not deserve it, but they really deserve it now. Well, I mean, yeah, we always say that, like, we don't like to um, choose Future Shocks because they have a different <laughs> job in the prog than um, than re- actual thrills. But, you know, listen, like, a lot of times they take up space in the prog like regular thrills, and at some point they have to get judged that way, you know? Yeah, you can't exactly. Just show when, up and do nothing. When, when you show up more than once per fucking prog. Yeah. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me with that one. Definitely. And I should mention that I, I tally Future Shocks as also, like, uh, when we when we said, like, oh, just everything in this prog that lasts one, just one <laughs> issue. Like, so so sometimes when there's, like, oh, like, here's, like, one episode of this, one episode of that, and some yeah. Future Shocks, I just sort of lump those in as Future Shocks. Um, as you should. They're yeah. detritus. So, Fox, you had Future Shocks twenty-seven times, damn. and I had them. I had them nineteen times. God damn! I really do not like Future Shocks. <laughs> no, definitely. Oof. Listen, I w- while re-listening, I caught one one like heated argument we had where I tried to where you said a Future Shock sucked because it tried to be a good story, and you're like, this is not what Future Shocks are supposed to do. And I was like. <laughs> I feel like it's okay if they do. And you're like, no, Future Shocks are only shitty filler. And I'm like, man, that's kind of rough. Like, I don't think that's a reasonable stance. And you're like, fuck you. Anyway, anyway, Mean Team is my bottom. So, you know, try to find that one. It's a good episode. 
Um, this sounds like an argument we we definitely had. Yeah, man, it was this future, oh. pretty fun future shock. It was written by Neil Gaiman. You said it was terrible because oh. it thought it was too big for its britches, essentially. Yeah. Um, anyway. I, I stand by that. Yeah, no, I know. Um, so other, <laughs> other fun stuff here. One thing I thought was kind of funny was that Fox didn't take Judge Dredd as a top thrill until episode 17. Wow. So like it, it wasn't until the cursed earth that uh, Fox thought Dredd <sighs> was top worthy. I, you know, honestly, I can kind of remember that because we were we were just in such a deep, like awesome schlock territory. Yeah, no, it starts strong for sure. Um, I was pretty surprised to find out that I didn't actually give a top thrill to Meltdown Man, a story I, I like a lot. But I think, like what I try to avoid with Judge Dredd, I think I got I did get complacent about Meltdown Man. Oh, he never melted. Never, never picking a point. He melted at the start and at the end, Fox, because <laughs> it's a reference to getting hit by a nuke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not that he has melting powers. No, he's not like a blob, a blobby boy. <laughs> Oh man, oof! Um, yeah, I, I remember like what kicked it off for me too with with Judge Dredd was just Rat Swarm, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those early days for sure. Oh, um, so good. Also, I should say there's a, there's three episodes where I didn't list a bottom throw fox, which Ooh. really speaks to the off the dome na- nature to how we nominate these top and bottom thrills generally. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't like. I feel like no, this isn't. This isn't this. This wasn't me saying like, oh, I don't. No, I nominate nothing for bottom. I think I, everything was great. This is us like having a big conversation. Me like you know probably having like five minutes of discussing what my top thrill is, then seeing how long the episode is, then rushing to finish the episode instead <laughs> of saying what my bottom thrill is. Oh, <laughs> nuts! Yeah, no, it's how it goes. But yeah, so that's why if the, if, if the numbers don't match up, whatever else. Okay. Sure. But yeah, so those are the top and bottom thrills. I hope you check them out. Check out our pie, check out these pie charts that I lovingly crafted over the course of, you know, listening to the last like 10 or 15 minutes of 200 episodes of Space Spitter 2000, trying to figure out what our top oh. and bottom thrills are. My God, that goal sounds excruciating. The, my goal in the future is to write these as I'm editing them so we don't have to deal with this problem. <laughs> At episode 300, you know, we'll see if I stick Ugh. to it. Oh, man. I feel, I mean, if you're anything like me, that's a lot of hard work to remember. True, but, you know, I've, I've shouldered a lot of work for in the course of this podcast, so we'll My see, God. How, you know, it's certainly what's, possible. What's one more piece of straw to break this camel's back? <laughs> Indeed. And with that, let's set it back to the past for the rest of episode 200. Ali. All right, Fox. (laughs) That guy's such a dick. Hate him. All right. But yeah, and speaking of people with strange powers and our dicks. (laughs) And put little tiny wire dicks inside your mind. Whoa. Thrill one. Anderson's side of vision. There's, I mean, uh, this is some spoilers, I guess. But, it, it, you know, it's kind of weird when you put a wire inside of your fucking daughter. Yeah, listen, we've talked about it. Script robot Alan Grant, art robot David Roach, letting robot Steve Potter. We're at the What's climax up, of this Helio story. It's all action, so <sighs> Alan Grant decides to get silly. Uh, it's uh, pretty true. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah, I forgot. I read the whole narrator for this. It's real good. Yeah, as side judges Anderson and Corey fight a squad of lizard men and brain-controlled rage zombies, we get narration from one of the lizard dudes. Like, oh, it's a funny old life, isn't it? 
Uh, he <laughs> reflects on the nature of life and how sometimes you have to follow your bliss, even if your bliss is eating a judge alive because you've been turned into a murder lizard by a psychic madman. Listen, man, if there's one thing I know about lizard men, it's that they're pretty, pretty happy what was running the shadow government and such and uh, enjoying the taste of blood, apparently. I mean, he lizard- seems to be into it. Lizard men are different from reptoids, you idiot. Um, God he, damn you. He almost right. eats – like one lives in the sewers under the city. The other lives in the hollow earth and controls the world, all right? Oh, Get it together. Man. I'm so sorry that I fucked this up. This, Remember when the that, hollow earth had a sun inside of it? Always, of course. That's how it stays yeah. warm, you mm-hmm. know, heading down to Agartha, hanging out with some Nazis and some ABC warriors. Um, Pretty rad. He, this lizard guy almost eats Anderson's face, but she manages to boot knife him in the back. But she doesn't <sighs> say boot knife, which is a clear breach of judge protocol. <laughs> and also, like, I love how many fucking everybody doesn't know that there's going to be a boot knife in there. You know, it's no such one a classic it, move. You know, it's good. Yeah. No uh, one expects the boot knife inquisition. No, that wasn't good. No, it's good. just sort of a We're secret weapon on. to stay secret, you know. The judges gather themselves to continue on when suddenly Corey gets snagged by a bunch of wolfmen. There's werewolves. Oh, man. You know, I, a lizard man I'm fine with. Were, were dogs. Mm-mm. Hacky. They're, they're, they are so hacky. It's just like, whatever, man. Unable to get a clear shot, Anderson just floods the zone with a couple of ricochet bullets. <laughs> Which, I mean, I get it also, but your friend's in there, and then she's like, damn it, I hit her. And I'm, the only thing I'm thinking is, of course you did. They're fucking yeah. ricochet bullets. <laughs> yeah, takes out the wolfman, but Corey is hit, and she's unconscious. And suddenly a voice screams in Anderson's head, you've killed them. Yeah, Hell- she seems pretty upset. Yeah, Helios is there in his wheelchair. Anderson pulls a gun on him, but he uses his psychic power to make her turn the gun on hit on herself. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, so powerful. Next Prague Bridge of Size. Do you get it? <laughs> I yeah. really spies, buddy. Anderson's on, on the edge of shooting herself when she pulls a Doctor Strange special and asks her to project <laughs> herself to safety. By, by the way, everyone, in case you didn't know, uh, fucking the host of this podcast is very learned in this subject. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, in the comics, Doctor Strange is basically immortal when he's doctor- or when he's astral, like his body can't be hurt. Mm-hmm. So it is a pretty common move for him to peace out and go to the astral zone when things look pretty bad, and then try to find a secret a- an answer to the problem. You know? Yeah, you anyway, know. Astral zone's pretty rad. Yeah. She heads into Helios's mind and she sees that while the man is dead, there is a force there. His daughter, Lydia. Oh, man, the body's dead, but the mind lives on in a shared kind of apartment space, like kind of a like your dad split the house and it used to be a house, but now it's a duplex. And like now your dad decided to live with you. And you guys kind of mind melded into the same person with the same thoughts because he stuck you with a fucking weird wire in your head. And that, I guess, was fine. All of this is very odd to me. Honestly, (laughs) this dad does not seem like a great dude. Yeah, honestly, a brain feels more like a studio apartment to me than a oh. uh, than a duplex. <laughs> like it's crowded in there, you know. It's bad times. I mean, especially when your dad decides to live inside your brain without like deciding that he just d- did the mind yeah. jump. 
Yes, we learned about Lydia briefly last episode. And yeah, like you said, her consciousness merged when he dies. And now they're powerful psychics. They engage in a massive psychic battle. But just when things seem darkest, Judge Corey comes to, grabs her lawgiver, and executes Lydia. Take that! Guns solve all problems. It's the American yeah, it's way. Yeah, the old, uh, the old uh, Indiana Jones method here. Um, Lydia I just dies. shoot the guy with the scimitar. Yeah, Lydia dies screaming and Anderson is saved. The two judges leave Helios. Anderson supporting <laughs> Curry. Corey, because she got shot in the leg. Everything's get- great. It's turning up. Anderson. Yeah, they get on their bikes and, and call it in. It seems Control has analyzed the wire in the dead guy's head to get um, from the start of the story. But Anderson's figured it all out as well. How does she know? A little mind work, Control. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the end of Helios. What? what does that even mean? <laughs> well, it's like a little leg work or like detective work or something like that. But, you know, relating to the noggin, essentially. The joke did not land for me. That's nah, okay. Um, it is Anderson- okay because Cassandra is my bae. Yeah, she's good. Anderson will be back for a page or so in about seven progs, and then Uh, we'll have another big story in July of this year. uh, Okay. Oh, God. Sorry. This is going to – this elephant beer is not good. Yeah, you know, it's complicated, these German beers, you know. But you, you, this, you gotta, you gotta uh, trade off, you gotta trade me, off the, st- the, uh, me, the taste a, for the alcohol content. Excuse good. me, sir, as I push the fucking glasses that I don't have up the bridge to the bridge of my nose and say, uh, actually, Carl's beer, uh, Carlsberg is a Danish beer. Okay. <sighs> you can't expect <laughs> me to know the difference between those countries, Fox. I, the same. <laughs> you. <laughs> They speak German in Denmark anyway, you know? No, but no, they don't. Yeah, they do. What? They speak English and Danish. Danish is a pastry, bro. It's not a language. (laughs) These hot takes. Oh, man. Love it. And on the topic of uh, cool ladies doing their thing, Fox. Oh, I like this cool lady, too. Let's go to Thrill 2 Medivac 318. Man, where we left off last time was so rad and, like, so fucking picturesque. And then where we end up is just so fucking, like, 2018. <laughs> it's got a very 2018 kind of feel. Uh, script about Hillary Robinson, art about Nigel Dobbin, Lego about Jack Potter. So despite being in a, in a war zone, combat nurse Verity Kincaid is dozed off next to her patient. Well, nope. waiting for a space ambulance to return. I think you were theorizing she had died in this course, but nah, she's alive. Well, that's great. Uh, also, it, ah, no, no. Yeah, when no? she does, when the ambulance does arrive, she's got to move fast to avoid being crushed. All her patients can say also, is no. Like, we remember, which is also like what? Like it's a fucking uh, ambulance. That's like ah, oh, fuck. Ambulances just drive like crazy taxi, I guess. Kinda, yeah. You know, they got to be in and out because they're in a war zone, and we know from the previous one, or sorry, as we're about to learn, the enemy is not interested in not shooting at ambulances. They like to shoot at ambulances. Which really, I mean, it, hey, I I follow their logic here, but also like dick move. Yeah. All the, yeah. So uh, the the ambulance lands, and the drivers brusquely load a ver- load Verity's patient aboard as she yells at them for taking so long. I the mean, drivers are, I feel like yeah. I would too. Yeah, I mean, it's been five hours. The drivers are tired and stressed, and they quickly blast off and head to space as everybody continues to bicker. In the big black, they come under fire from enemy ships, and Verity is shocked by this because they're an ambulance. You know, uh, do you know what I hate, Conrad? What? 
when I'm flying around in my ship, just minding yeah. my own business, trying to save someone's life, and some hot shot on some fucking orbital space platform does a shooting at me with a laser. I hate that too, buddy. Um, as the pilot Wade takes evasive, evasive maneuvers, Verity heads to the back to check on the crew and finds, uh, sorry, they take some fire and finds another, the, the other ambulance crew member, Elwin, has died from it. He was killed when the ship was hit by enemy fire. He seems to have a good attitude about it, like he's basically dying as she finds him. And Verity envies that he died with dignity. She might get her chance, though, as the alien ship locks on and blows the ambulance out of the sky. They come in for a crash landing as an armored figure in the distance looks on. Who? What is that? That we'll is learn, never explained. It's not going to be explained in this part, but we'll learn about it in the second part of Medivac 318 or in a later is it, um, is it? Is he awesome? Pretty awesome. He's like a lion dude, I think. That seems what? pretty awesome to me. Yeah. He's like, that man in there is a lion? Yeah, like a man lion. Like he's got kind of a lion I'm, head. So, so he's a furry. I mean, I don't know if furry that term existed in 89, but yes, he definitely that, is. I mean, it didn't exist until it needed to, my man. And I will retroactively apply it to sexy lion boys. Fair. So the ambulance la- lands hard in a forest. Everyone's alive, but Wade has broken his arm. He takes a moment to grieve over his fallen partner, and they head out to check the damage. Back at the hospital, satellite, that blonde lady from the first episode um, learns uh, of this does crash. Does a psychic? Yeah, she's got a psychic connection with this lion dude. Um, oh. And gets the message of the ambulance Wait, being what? down. <laughs> you, well, you can see her. Like, this is kind of spoiling it a little bit, but you can see her kind of having a discussion with about the ambulance yeah, having with gone something. down. Yeah, so that's with that person that observed it, and now she's sort oh, right. of whatever. I'm, this is spoilers. I'm sorry about that. I mean, that. I'm not going to remember. It's fine. Fair. So uh, she relays this info to the um, so, to a lady at the command board. Another ambulance is dispatched to check it out. The administrator gets the news and is mostly worried about the ambulance. I like his uh, his Rorschach face. Definitely. Back on the planet, Zygote Wade explains that the ship will broadcast a distress signal for several hours, so they should be picked up soon. They get buzzed by a friendly fighter jet, when suddenly, from the trees, comes a crazy bug soldier! Oh no! Who's also tracking them. And just because this is going to happen, man, like, we've seen now several different aliens that humans totally get along with, right? Yep, we've definitely seen some good ones, but now it's time for some bad relations. Verity's pretty pissed, though, and demands to know why the Generat, or the Generit, I should say, that's the name of the aliens, shut down their ambulance because they're non-combatants and all. The Generate, uh seemingly uh. S- speaking through a translator, clearly yeah. doesn't share Verity's views on rules of engagement and offers to mercy kill Verity's patient. Man, I love it because I want to imagine that he just speaks through a bunch of, like, clicks and whines. Or mm-hmm. whatever. What do bugs do? How do bugs talk? Probably with a, uh, what is it called? Proscubus? The antenna. But I Proboscis. Think, but I think actual insects communicate through like smell pheromones and shit like that more than talking. That's true. That's actually how ants work. I feel like, well, then why do they have the little antenna? Because they're probably. So they can sense things. They're for sensing, not communicating. Oh, that's fair. Like noses. Like, or or your eyes. It's like, why don't you talk with your eyes? Why aren't you like the 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 that one dude in uh, in Sandman or whatever? Man. <laughs> also, man, I, I talk with my eyes. I talk with my eyes all the time. I got that come hither look. You know. Whoa, Tyra <laughs> Banks, smizing motherfucker over here. 
I consider myself more of a Rihanna. Thank you very much. Well, anyhow, Verity smacks the alien with a gurney and takes its weapon, and the generate demands to be killed. He doesn't want to be taken a prisoner. Uh, He's I still mean... smarting over the fact that at the start of the colonization of Zygote, humans conducted some pretty rough vivisection experiments on generates, not knowing they were intelligence. Okay, fuck all that. Smack him in the back with the fucking, like... A, a human holding tray. That's right. Very WWE in here, you know. Oh, oh, actually, he got him yeah. with the steel gurney. By God. Oh, God, he's down. She's got the gun. He's broken in half. As this <laughs> unfolds, the alien hits Wade with its stinger. And when Barry so, doesn't attack so him. So against the rules. Yeah. Who sticks a man with a goddamn stinger? A fucking mm. cheatser. When Verity doesn't attack him, he tells her that the sting stops the heart and pieces out. Well, I guess wars out might be more more realistic. Stick and to Wade, the heart, and you're too late. You give bugs a bad name. Wade suddenly collapses. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, oh, what you say, etc. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Verity's chatting to Wade. Using the ship's power to keep his heart beating like as an improvised pacemaker. She talks idly to her other patient, hopes rescue comes soon. She reflects on the war and for the war for this planet when suddenly another ambulance lands. Huh, pretty rad that we skipped over that part that like really just is so beaten into the ground at this point. I mean, it's your standard sort of rogue trooper, like, oh, exactly war sucks, what buddy. I mean. They move Wade and the soldiers to the other ambulance, hooking Wade up to a pacemaker. He's the only one who's ever survived a generate sting this long. They take off and head back to base safely this time. Back at HQ, Verity has applied for the ambulance pilot training course, and this application is granted. The blonde we've seen a few times warn her things are going to get a lot worse around here. And that's the end for now for Medivac 318. It will return in Prague 635 about four episodes from now. Why why become a pilot? I feel like that's... Like, she already saw the worst part. Now she's just going to drive around and get shot at, which is exactly what she was complaining about the whole time. Like, war sucks. These guys get shot at the whole time. But I think at least if she's piloting it herself, she'll have some agency, I think. Like, I think she's... I mean, she saved a man's life. Yeah, but I think she's much... She's much more scarred by being left there for five hours than than by the actual shoot down and things like that. (sighs) That's... That is fair. I think. So I think she's sort of like, oh, like, you know, like I've been a nurse, but like I want to have some more control over my life if I'm going to be healthy out in this war zone. So I want to be a pilot instead. I don't know. I mean, you're going to need a lot of training to dodge fucking laser bullets from space. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, on the job training is always important. Wow. I so she just, they just that. like throw her into that shit, huh? And speaking of learning new trades, Fox, let's go <laughs> to Thrill 3, Judge Dread. Oh man, bada bada ba bada 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 bada. Scree! Exactly. Uh, script about John Wagner, art about John Higgins, Barry Kitchener, Boutel, and Will Simpson. Letting her about Tom Frame. Oh man, I love the coloring on all of this. A Timotom, a Tom Tom Frame. A Timotom, uh, Timotom Frame. What's up, my man? You're in the game. We're going to. We're finishing up a story from last time. Breakdown on Ninth Street, Part Two. Breakdown, because they got broken down and their, I mean, their thing is, it's not even broken down anymore. It's like being torn nah. apart, quite literally. Yeah. I love that the credits here are uh, John W., John H., and John F. Appreciate Tom Frey making these jokes. <laughs> a fancy mopad is broken down in a bad part of town and is currently under siege. 
the neighborhood toughs are having a party as the owners are hiding in the bowels of the moped. And it's really not working out for them. No. Dred's on his way, but still minutes from the uh, from the site. As the baddies get closer, these folks, the Bieberlies, rush the safety Ugh. of the shower. But as the locals set fire to the place, Hun Bieberly breaks off the head of the shower oh, and just starts great. spewing water all over the place. Also, and the tank... Oh, go ahead. I don't... That's not really how a shower works. I don't think it is. But no, you since... don't break off the head of the shower. Nothing happens. You just have a broken shower head. Yeah. You know, maybe it's different in the future, I guess. They also didn't empty the tank, so now the shower is just filling up. Oh, jeez. But luckily, oh, it's man. Water, the, luckily the shower uh, contain, uh, compartment is watertight, so it just sort of starts filling up and, like, soon they're drowning. It's a whole Poseidon, the movie down there. Yeah, adventure. Uh, yeah, so Dredd finally arrives on the scene to find the moped in flames. The Beaverleys are up to their necks in water. Dredd fights the locals as the shower is nearly full when Buzz suddenly realizes something. He takes a card from his pocket and opens a v- an air vent in the shower <laughs> and the water starts to drain out. As fire crews and more judges arrive on the scene, the Beaverleys are released from the shower tank. At least they're still alive. And it was Buzz's moped club car that let him open that vent. Huzzah! I mean, secondarily, he also figured out that if he buys the same model, they don't just have a shower. They also kind of have like a bath pool. You know, you just got to turn off the water at some point, And then when you want to like not have that anymore, you turn on the little vent thing and then you can just like have it drain out. Well, you're very wise in the ways of moped. Um, I'm just saying you got to get everything you can out of that investment. Also, I hope they have insurance because that thing's burnt to the goddamn ground. (laughs) Totally. Uh, So next up, Alan Grant takes over writing with Kitson and Boutel on art as a lady in a kimono stands before a fairly stereotypical sensei type dude. Oh, I mean, with the Fu Manchu and everything. Yeah, this story is called On Meeting Your Enemy. We quickly learn that their enemy is none other than Judge Dredd. Not surprised. We see this judge fight ninjas, samurai, and various other sort of Asia-themed fighters is what I'd call them. Um, He takes them all out, persists, despite taking nunchucks to the face and everything. After the fight, though, the lady takes off her kimono, releasing a revealing a very Electra-esque fighting one piece, basically. Really, and, uh, really taking it to that whole Stan Lee level. Oh yeah, well I mean, you know that's the reference. Yeah, she exactly. Goes to, she goes to uh, she tosses the lawman around, going to fight Dread, throws him into trash cans, jump kicks him out of his helmet. She goes to the final strike with her razor oh, sharp nails. So gross, so and gross. And the whole thing has been against a Judge Dread robot. Yeah, but not before seeing like the no eyes, completely bald, like. Yeah, well, if you're going to put him in the helmet, I mean, they don't know what Judge Red looks like without his helmet no, on. No, I you know, know, but I, like, you know, doesn't have to go, like, so far before the Uncanny Valley that it looks, like, disgusting. Sure it does. And she drives her nailed fist into the skull of this robot Dread. I wish she had ripped out, like, what I wanted to see at the end was her just kind of, like, holding a robo brain and then just totally. dropping it as she walked as away. She- yeah, as she does, she screams for death, for death fist. Which, yeah, all right. Yeah, she's done well and is ready to take on their enemy and erase the shame the de- the defeat of death fist brought to their clan or whatever. She leaves to seek their enemy, and this character will be back to fight dread towards the end of nineteen ninety one. 
Are you fucking? Are you for real? Yeah, that's really gaps, long you know. from now. Yeah, she's got to get through customs and stuff. It's complicated, you know. <laughs> she's got to apply for a visa, and that takes well, a little bit. And there's some background checks, and got to pay off the right officials. That's I mean, the actual the actual answer is that, like, by the end of this year, we're going to be on the road to the next big mega epic, and then we'll have the mega epic itself, and some fallout from the mega epic. And that generally is just going to take up a lot of a, a lot of time for secondary. Do you stories know how here. long it's been since we've had? something of that scale well i mean there was one at the end of eight at the, at the beginning of 88 so almost no a year. no it's too long oh yeah that too definitely too long i want i want more mega city epic soon enough we're saying. on the road uh so john wagner and will simpson take over on art now as the justice four flies over a cityscape and dread is dropped on a bike into the slums below and He's it's in disguise. time and it's time for a real banana rama yeah, this story called Banana City is go. Fuck. <laughs> Later, the Justice <laughs> The Sorry. Justice Four lands. I can't help it. It's I hear ridiculous. Banana City and it's not it's too much. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like Banana Republic but a mega I city. I think we talked about I'm this. just saying who calls it I, like you never Banana City is not a <laughs> It does not strike fear into the hearts of men. Banana, I am a banana, judge banana from city, Banana bitch. City. 10, 20, 20 bunches, bitch. Okay, anyway. Um, oh, my. Oh. <laughs> Justice 4 lands offloading our own Judge Hershey and an ambassador. This is a very similar situation to our What's main up, Hondo, Hirsch? I guess. Yeah. When Ciudad Barranquilla, which I believe is a city in Colombia, Barranquilla is, and we're met by a judge named Juez, who is very obsequious, but Hershey sees through him. They I mean, the he does beat a woman. <laughs> yeah, we see him them pretty quick. We see him, him backhanding a woman for trying to get him to take her starving child to be trained as a judge. In a car, the ambassador explains that all the judges here are crooked and basically forming the upper class of this city, yeah. lording their power over the desperately poor people of what they call Banana City. It's an aristocrat-fascism? Yes. Aristocratic-fascism? You know, Something like that. All, it's like uh, only the rich uh, can get in or you're born into it. A judge a judge oligarchy? Judge oligarchy? Ooh, I like that. A judge people oligarchy. Yeah, people try to beg the Mega City One judges for help, but the judges hit, but the driver hits a button to electrify the outside of the vehicle. Uh, Hershey's not pleased by all this, but they're heading to see the Chief Judge Batista. Actually, maybe yeah, they'll a, have to uh, wait. And an Arcanacry or something like that. Ooh, because Archons what? like judging in Greek. I don't know. Oh, uh, I'm not in a good position to be doing etymology. I am. Here, Fox, I, I, I appreciate the words that you say all of the time, Conrad, especially when my word's bad. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the slums, <laughs> a man is in a. Sorry, I was reacting to you complimenting me, not you dissing yourself. You're my buddy, no. Fox. Come on, let's yeah, get going. I, no, no, I love you. <laughs> in a pit, a man with his hands tied behind his back is killing rats with his teeth as people hey, cheer listen, him man. on. You got to get work where you can. <laughs> Yeah, suddenly a CB lawmaster rolls in and scatters the crowd. The judge talks to the rat fighter. It's Dread. And this guy and is apparently an informant of Dreads, and he's located someone important. He's like, oh, you see, you're still doing the rat thing. And he's like, yeah, man, you don't fucking pay me enough. I have to still <laughs> get work. 
Yeah. Like, oh my God. The informant isn't quite sure he's got the right guy, but there's a judge in town. They called him Diablo. And we see him rolling through the city, scaring the locals, talking to himself, and dealing with mm. someone illegally parked exactly the way Dredd handled it in the Stallone movie, blowing up the car for no which, reason. Which I guess then doesn't make him a bad judge in certain state uh, cases, right? I mean, also, I think it's more I think it's more an indictment of Stallone Dredd than anything else, ooh. if you ask me. No true dread takes off his helmet, I guess is all I'm going to say about that. That's right. Diablo heads out as Judge Hershey arrives at the Hall of Justice, where Looking Judge rad. Supremo is notified of their, re- of their arrival, but they're left to wait as the Supremo <laughs> holds court, in this case negotiating a bribe to keep a citizen out of prison. Which, quite frankly, I think all of this is a diversion anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That's why Hershey says she isn't too bothered by it. Yep. Um, this open corruption disgusts Hershey, but again, she doesn't mind. In this case, it's more time for Dread. Dread gets info on Diablo when he heads out as Diablo rolls into a bar, starts beating his way through everybody. Like really just – but not just beating like irreparably damaging people. Oh, yeah. As he Ugh. does, as a hearer, he hears a voice in his head, it's Barry and Moe. Oh, it's totally them and they're being called out. Yeah, suddenly someone's calling Judge Diablo out. Diablo kills the citizen he's currently bracing. God. And Barry Curtin walks out into the street and meets Dread. I'm calling you out. Next time, final curtain. Uh, yeah. You got to get those pun ones from Alan Grant. That's I, the key. You know, I'm, I'm, I, okay. So here's the thing I'll say about this before we have to run to our, our next bit. So, Judge Dredd has informants, right? Yes. And they must get paid a stipend, right? Absolutely. I think we've we've seen like Max Norma was able to live a pretty swank life being Judge Dredd's but, informant. But Mr. Ratman, <laughs> no. Like he's, well, yeah. he still has to eat rats and fight rats I all mean, tied a, up. Yeah, there's a difference between an informant helping you actively make collars in Mega City One and an informant who just sort of sliding a few bucks to keep an eye out for it in case an insane judge shows up that down there. I'm I'm just saying, you know, the difference here is massive. <laughs> yeah, listen, you know, we haven't seen Max in a while. You know, I, that's I want true. To see Max. I, well, he's mostly quit that job. I think he's moved on to other things in the aftermath. Oh, he's of the he's gone war. on to be an amazing, like, kind of like ape-like fucking swinging by his umbrella guy. Yeah. I believe he also owns a Shuggy Hall and, like, brought in oh, some right. other international Max Normals to help him, like, uh, hustle <laughs> hustle a Shuggy and stuff like that. Clearly legal. Like, there was a... I, I remember in a special, we saw a French one that was, like, Max Normal or something like that, you know? <laughs> it's just a normal clan. Yeah. And oh, speaking of perfectly normal actions, Fox... Oh, God. Let's go to Thrill 4, Strontium Dog. My boy, before he takes a vacation. Script robot for Strontium Dog, Alan Grant, art robot Simon Harris, and letting robot Gordon Robson, his kid, were mid-pre-team-up misunderstanding fight as mutant bounty hunter. Johnny, Johnny Alpha has mutant punk teenager Farrell in a sleeper hold, but Farrell's going nuts inside of it. He gets free. Puts on his sunglasses and seems to warp slain style into a berserker rage. Hey, look at look at this guy create powers for himself. 
I mean, this berser- like this kind of berserker rage stuff really feels even more like a very poochy esque move from Farrell. Yeah, really borrowing a lot of Wolverine stuff in the course of his characterization. Well, because he didn't need this before when he killed all those guys in the gym. No, so but the now he dogs has it. Yeah. He starts slashing mid and face to meat, and Johnny waves in with his electro knucks. It takes two hits to keep this kid down. It's real Don't. fucked up. Although, you know, honestly, a testament to how intense the dude is. Yeah, it's not clear if actually it was the electro knucks or just Farrell burning himself out that let him win. Oh, Meanwhile, in Salisbury Cathedral, Good Morning Britain and What's oh, Left yeah. of the United Kingdom shows on the air as a newscaster talks up this inter- interdimensional resettlement plan the new church has. They bring on Billy Glum, who we saw originally sacrificed last episode. He mm-hmm. talks about the excellence of this plan, but weirdly, all of his bees have been turned to G's. Yeah, so and who is the his- floaty figure? Well, yeah, after the interview, we see that it's actually being done by evil wizard Charn L, who's done all the magic stuff at this point. Using the animated head of of Gilly Glum preserved in a bottle. Goddle of Gib! Goddle of Gib! Yeah. And this is the end of Strontium Dog for now. It will return in July. Oh, that's pretty soon. Yeah, not 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 too long, but still, you know, I don't know. I'm like, we're sort of, we're finally getting to the main part of this story, so I'm excited uh, to get some more work I, on it. I'm liking it so far. I forgot uh, that there was a magic man. Yeah, yeah, he's a guy. You know, he's all powered by the bones of Malik Brood as well. Oh, that's right. I forgot. He's powered by space child bones. Well, space wizard bones. Space but bones, wizard bones of uh, wizards who wanted we, boy. Bones of a guy that we once took a child corpse to to get it re-resurrected. Oh, that's you know? right. And then bad things happen because you never go to a space wizard for shit. Ah, uh, we've done far too many episodes of ep- issues of this comic, Fox. It's all blended <laughs> together. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot keep it all straight. And on the topic of issues of the comics, Fox... Oh, no. Non-thrills, covers, and nerve center. Prog 621, Breakdown. Dread Break knows down. a man who has. Anyway. <laughs> Very action-packed John Higgins cover. Modern looking with that orange and cyan mix so popular in movie posters, you know? Ah, oh, man. And it's got, like, everybody's face on it and then, like, yeah. some drowning mouths because they were in the water. And that guy Something. that didn't get a name, but he was shooting stuff. Yeah. In the nerve center, Thurg's getting extremely stoked for the Horn God. There's I'm pictures. getting extremely stoked for the Horn God. So close. There's pictures of a nosebleed and punk just thrilling which, to 2000 AD. Which gross, by the way. Like, I didn't yeah. know if he was snorting the thrill power into his nose or if he was shooting like everything out. Could be either. Uh, and also, Ugh. there's another rogue runner. This one's got a gun to Wile E. Coyote's head. Very grim. <laughs> got got real after a moment. I mean, I yeah. know dynamite and like dropping safes and shit. No, but quite a honestly, di- a gun. There's a difference like- between dynamite, which is just going to blacken your face or whatever, and just having a fucking pistol <laughs> to somebody's dome, you know? <laughs> and and Wile E. Coyote's looking real like, oh, oh, no. Yeah. Letters ask about Dread's helmet, the TCVs, a raider has designated or designed a Dread cereal box, and there's a letter that contains a whole bunch of Thark nicknames, and then just kind of ask how it's hanging. 
Mid-prog, there's another ad for Slain the Horned God. This one's got some blood splatter on it, which is pretty cool. Rad. And the prog ends with a net scan of Moonrunner's first officer, Kempo, looking cool going up <sighs> that spy lizard with his, dra- with his dagger. And it's gross little, like, fucking bread sacks on the top of its head. And it's wearing pants. That's my, actually, it's honestly, it's my favorite part, is that this little lizard is wearing lizard pants. Well, yeah, you can't do space espionage if you're naked, buddy. Where are you going to put the information that you've gathered? Where are you going to hide your secondary weapon? Huh? 622. Surviving edge weapons, am I right? <laughs> At last. Cyforce. Brett oh, McCarthy oh. draws Anderson's face, blowing your mind. In uh, the nerve center. Every day. Yeah, Thor's excited about this prog, but it pales in comparison to what's coming with the Horned God. There's Rad. pictures of a space marine type getting all cool. ready to rock and roll by our scary O'Donnell. And Judge Death with a gaze into the face of insanity t-shirt. <laughs> Letters ask if Tharg is a comedian, compliment the new direction of the comic, and request money instead of a TCV. No yeah. dice. Yeah, that was a better time, my man. Yeah. I'm it's glad over. you recognize. The prog ends with a net scan of, helmet, of Helmsman Gotha, letting robot cog and communicator Doppler on a hover bike of some kind in space. And weirdly, it's kind of weird because Gotha doesn't show up until... Um, a story that we'll get to later in the year. Yeah, I actually. didn't know. I I knew the ship's officer. Yeah, the psychic helmsman no, looks like that. Yeah, well, no, this is a new character that we haven't met yet. Basically, oh, okay. He'll show up in the course of the next story in July. Or yeah, another one of these July ones in the, in, in, the, in the six forties. Okay, Rug six twenty three. Will Simpson draws Eldred. He's got a Latin beat. The Latin beat. I don't know. Really interest, really interesting getting a good look at this bed on key uh, uniform here. Especially what the visor. Us. Yeah, and, and I like the visor has kind of a star field look on it or something yeah, like that. Exactly. And the nerve center, Tharg is adding Zenith Phase 3 and Rogue Trooper to his hype up package. Coming at Super red. There's a picture of a Judge Thrill Sucker and a baby judge from the Keen Infant Division, the Kid Division. Man, it's, it's been a while since we've seen a Thrill Sucker. Surprised, true. like people even know the fuck that is. I mean, it's not yet, but I think this actually in the 2080 annual we're going to be hip deep and throw suckers. So get ready for that. Oh, there you go. Letters correct a Shakespeare reference from Strontium Dog. A suggestion that Judge Dredd get refurbished with pieces from a dead man, and a mild complaint about the current bleak nature of the prog. Mid-issue, there's an ad for Rogue Trooper. What's blue and dangerous? Police. Rogue Trooper in a New oh, Earth flashback. Never mind. Too. Yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, we also see there's a – we also got a fan art page. She'll give an out five pounds. There's Dread fighting Mike Tyson, a Judge Cruel, mm-hmm. a Dread and Death hanging out, and Judge Rupert Bear. It's super cute. I yeah. love it. The Horned Gods ads return with more yeah, blood on them. And the prog ends with a star scan by Glenn Fabry of Judge Hershey pointing her gun at us in a very is odd, it, crotchy pose. But is it is it Judge Hershey the vampire? Because she's blue-skinned. She, she does have a light blue look, but I feel like that might be Fabry more than anything else. She's okay. got a lot of gold gear here and high heel boots, which aren't quite canonical. Mm. 624. My gotcha, favorite. creep. It's yeah. a really great look, man. Like a Mad Max Judge Dredd, you know? 
Definitely. Will Simpson draws an undercover dread drawn down on a rogue judge in the nerve center. Tharg admits it's hard being so awesome, but he's basically okay with it. There's <laughs> pictures of a of dread with a sweet Vespa and a piggy strontium hog. <laughs> Letters say to pity non-2080 readers. Another re- uh, writer ate 391 copies of the galaxy's greatest. And there's a request for more Luke Kirby. Tharg nah. says he'll be there by the end of the year, but it'll actually be here in 92. <laughs> all right. Yeah, time makes liars of us all. Mid-Prog, there's John Brosnan's Flicks column, mostly about the 1988 remake of The Blog. Which, the, of The Blob, I should say. Pretty all right, actually. Yeah. And then it talks about the sci-fi movie, um, dog movie Watchers, and time travel magic movie Warlock. Don't know it. Yeah, instead of sl- – they're very B-movie things. You can see trailers of them. Watchers okay. has a Corey Haim in it, I believe. Mm. And is about like a psychic dog kind of thing. D- um, <laughs> is it like uh, the cat from outer space? That one like- Disney movie where the cat has a collar that makes it – it's telekinetic? For what Do I can tell from the film? trailers, I don't remember that one. I remember the computer it's that real, wore tennis It's a real B-movie. No, but no, the one- cat – it's like a – it's a literal – uh, all right, as I go off the beaten path here, it is a literal cat that they affix with a, a collar that lights up sometimes. Nice. And, and it lands on the planet for a reason I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, and yes, in a tiny spacecraft that's meant for cats, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of like small. It's pretty great. Nice. Flying that's saucer. Yeah. Uh, and then does a bunch of uh, telekinetic shenanigans. And then at some point, the collar gets taken away. So it's like, oh, I can't do it. So um, the humans have to do cat. stuff. Oh, no. Um, it's, such, th- it's a weird, dumb movie. From what I can tell from the trailers, Watchers is like two lab experiments escape from a high-level you know, government research base. Of course, as you do. With Michael Ironside as the head security guy. <laughs> really? And, yeah, and one of oh, them great. is... One of them's a cute dog that Corey Haim befells, be, be friends, I should say. And one of them is like a crazy, you know, uh, puppet special effect monster kind of thing. Oh, that's great. That sounds fucking fantastic. I mean, I'm sure it's a fine, like, 2 p.m. on a Sunday, let's watch some TV kind of movie, you know? Listen, I love, I love B-movies. I know you do. <laughs> schlock. Schlock and more schlock. Get on it. Yeah. Um... And so, inst- uh, finally, uh, instead of slain ads this time, we get a very simple Zenith Phase 3 ad and mm-hmm. Tales from the Doghouse. This prog ends with Tyranny Rex flying through space on a sweet rocket bike. Yeah. Shooting and screaming as she goes. Fun work from Glenn Fabry, though I think it's his last work in the prog until 1993. Although oh, very earthwormy kind of fucking tale there. It's real gross. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got the ups and the downs, you know? And speaking of a mixed bag, Fox... Let's go to Thrill 5, The Daily Dreads. Oh, yeah. This, uh, I mean, you know, they're always fine. It's just a lot. Yeah, just just a a lot lot of text. You know, very filler kind of stuff here going on. Mm. Script robot Mm -hmm. John Wagner and Alan Grant. Art robot Ian Gibson. More Daily Dreads here. We're continuing the story, A Guide to Mega City Law. We see a perp that managed to survive interrogation getting rearrested. And then we move on to organ legging. Sweet. I love it. Hey, man. Yeah, you need a lungs by the pair or perhaps eyes of all colors or a matching nose and ears set? Would you like to buy an O? 
and organs. What I mean, oh. it's definitely possible for a random guy in Mega City One to be pulled off the street and harvested for organs, and that's pretty rough. And this I, the thing, for like, an don't just eat, Fox. Wow. Okay, but also <laughs> just like if someone says Psst, got a minute in a dark alley, don't just like go no, in there and move. get smacked. Yeah. Um, since organ legging is so heinous, the sentences that organ leggers themselves are completely parted out, going fully oh artificial. God. It's real good. Um, we move on to side division where clairvoyants do pre-crime and our own Judge Anderson <laughs> is able to to quickly find kidnapped, kidnapped victims while keeping either a boob or a butt in, in every panel of the, of the story she's involved in. It's quite, it's quite true. My favorite thing is like, oh, by the way, the sexes are treated equal within the Justice Department. Sexist jokes are really hey. frowned upon, but hey, we're going to make this joke right now. And she's like, this is a bust. And the guy's like, oh, you're telling me, looking at her Woo. boobs. I'm like, wow. All right. Yeah. Precogs do even more pre-crime. And we all see Anderson getting some latent images from a corpse. Finally, all this justice means that people with mental conditions um, – or sorry, leads to people with mental conditions that spontaneously confess to crimes. These spawns, as they're called, mm-hmm. that wrote support groups, but will still mob Judge Dredd to confess if they see him. Real tough being the guy that just is known for being the guy who makes everybody in jail. Yep. Finishing up here, we see a robot running amok with an axe, quickly taken out by Dread. Robos. And his owners are quickly arrested. Meanwhile, it seems a mob is using robot, or the mob is using robot hit squads. But their literal nature opens them up to distraction by the judges. The hit squad self-destructs. And Dredd and his partner ride out. They'll get those perps eventually. We cut to the Academy of Law where five-year-olds are shaved oh, and this. indoctrinated to the Justice Department and eventually become Who cool judges. brought in this fucking teddy bear? Which of you? You kids are fucking rumbled. They'll enforce the law until they die in service, go crooked and get set to Titan, or take the long walk into the cursed earth. Man, what a life. You know, listen, no one would say it'd be fun, but they would say it would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah? Maybe, I don't know. It's an exciting story, I guess. And speaking of stories put on television, Fox. (laughs) Fuck it. Let's go to Thrill (laughs) 6 Zippy Couriers. Oh, Conrad. Ready for a nap, Fox. I know. The fuck it was maybe maybe the most telling time for nappies. Scripted by Hilary Robinson, art about Graham Higgins, letter about John Aldrich, the Zippy team, Sean and her cat Butch. Man, I love this cat. Sister Moira and her boyfriend Genghis are watching a TV show called Women in Business. Presumably God, a Genghis reference is a real to piece of shit. TV show. Yeah, he's a real layabout. Sean doesn't like the show because it makes all women seem like they're descended from Attila the Hun. Yeah. But says you got to be tough to survive in business. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I like this cat. Yeah, I like got, this cat. Got his head screwed on straight. Suddenly the phone rings and Women in Business want to do a feature on Shauna. Hey, why not? She, yeah, she agrees as Butch screams to be sure to get a fee. The next day, a huge production crew descends on Zippy. They don't really let Shauna talk and make her take a cameraman up in her ship, despite there not really being enough room. Yeah. The, the crew <laughs> follows her on a delivery, 
with a TV van sideswipes a traffic cop and gets sprayed by paint, marking them as a violator, which is a very ancient Greek way way to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Later, it seems women in business has been postponed due to legal troubles, but Shauna was able to secure a fee for her appearance. Regards to Great Uncle Attila. I love this cat, Conrad. (laughs) He's got a good attitude about things, you know? I mean, he seems like a good business manager and also Definitely. super fluffy and loves a good cuddle. That's what you want from a business manager. Oh. Let's con- <laughs> and let's Maybe. continue. Let's continue our Hillary Robinson power hour right now with Thrill 7 Tales from the Doghouse. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, so I got it. I knew this. This, this, uh, the joke, the All running right. joke. Yeah. I knew this one. I Strip. see guys who are British. I knew a thing about uh, uh, cockles and muscles. All like right. the old song. Yeah. Script about Hillary Robinson, art about Simon Jacob, learning about Steve Potter. Many strontium dogs only bounty hunt on the side, as is the case for Sting Ray from Wraithen Islanders off the coast of Ireland. Get it? He mostly works as a fisherman catching bloatfish, which are irradiated and glow in the dark when dried, provide tr- lighting for trendy nightclubs. I, I love that immediately after they explain it, they then show yeah, you get a, the usage a, a, a of it. look at one of those, li- oh, those no. nightclubs. It's solid. No, you should do it. It's just not something that's, you know, sometimes done in these... Like one or two offs. It was just, it was a good touch. I liked it a lot. It's like, yeah, obviously he's getting paid very little for like, uh, it's kind of like everybody who has money stuff. It's, it's neat. Yeah. He gets a call from the doghouse to bring in a couple of young mutants, cockles and muscles Malone Uh, with a minimum of violence for a mere 500 creds each. He agrees and heads out (sighs) trying to sneak up on the youths. But in a really great mon- action montage here, I really like this action just mm-hmm. as it's going through. Before he can strike, one of the brothers sneaks up on him and puts a gun to his head. He doesn't seem too worried, though. Nah, Cockles and Muscles have taken Sting prisoner. But when they go to unpin his strontium dog badge as a trophy, he springs into action. He quickly knocks the boys out and ties them up. Soon he's sailing into Donaghy Harbor, where he drops them off his radios to the doghouse. No trouble at all. Nope. I went out to hunting uh, yeah, a exactly. strontium doggin, and that's where I met the muscles Malone. <laughs> I captured him quickly and brought him home safely, saying cockles and muscles alive, alive, oh. Wow. Very well done, man. Yeah, that's right, you Molly Malone son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> Beautiful. I, you know, it's, uh, this is one of those ones where I'm like, I loved the theme, right? Because he's, he's Stingray. Yeah. Uh, he's also in a fishing trawler. And he also, I guess, exclusively goes after low bounty sea related. <laughs> well, you know, he does local stuff. He doesn't really travel around that much, you know, he just sort of, if something comes up, he'll take it. But he's not like, again, we talked about the tier system in these Strontium mm-hmm. dogs. He's not mm-hmm. one of these S tier guys traveling the galaxy. You know, he's just local. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is fine. Although he seems very, you know, he's not having a great time, but he seems to be very, you know, he knows what he's got. He's got a tail yeah. that he can poke somebody with. Living it up. You know how it goes. And speaking of living it up, Fox. Damn. Let's live it up. Yeah. Speaking of, of, of 
not having a cross to bear, Fox. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. Speaking of, oh. speaking of alive, alive, oh, or maybe not, Fox. I guess. You know, this is some new jokes from you. It's Thrill 8, Rogue Trooper. I got confused there. Oh, my God. Um, Listen, man, if if there's one thing I, I know about uh, circuit-based buddies, it's that they're, they really are just, like, the least helpful things. I mean, they can be helpful, but they can't see, you know, and one of them's a exactly. hat, so they can't help what? that much. Well, his whole – the hat's whole job is to see. You'd think so, but no. Scripture about John Smith, art about Steve Dillon and Kevin Walker, letting about Gordon Robson and his kid. We saw Steve Dillon back in the prod, of course. In the prog, that's always nice. This is written oh, by yeah. Tyranny Rex scribe John Smith. Oh, and this is a very well-regarded Strontium Dog story, I'll say. Uh, so far, so good. I especially love the kind of like mutant discourse going on. Like, yo, bro, yeah. I need to spore. <laughs> yeah, aliens or whatever. It's a New Earth flashback as the Cinnabar story begins. Um, at a camp on a New Earth landscape, our buddy Gunner is tossing threats at some aliens. Hands off or you're dead. We see the other chips, too. They're all wrapped in cloth looking extremely filthy. You're looking oogie. Real yeah, oogie. Like, there's some there's some bloodies on them. Definitely. Um, they talk back and forth. They don't know what happened, but fear the worst for Rogue's fate. And these aliens whap them all to make them stop talking. Well, you know. They're tired of Gunner's mouth, especially. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. One of the aliens goes to take a space dump but gets pithed by a knife. <laughs> hey man, it's a it may be a space dump, but he quite literally calls it a spore. I haven't spored for like a while, man. I just gotta like shoot my spores. Yeah, listen, what the that's what the aliens call it. I, a human, call it a space dump. <laughs> Naturally. But he gets it's, I mean, ri- honestly, it's fucking, it's disgusting that they would even call it something else. The rest of the aliens are taken up by a grenade. It's some Souther troops. They clean up the survivors and find the chips. It's all pretty cool. The soldiers recognize them as belonging to Rogue Trooper. And they seem pretty amicable to the whole thing. So for the first time, Souther troopers have not been complete a-holes to well, like... I- yeah, I think we've mostly seen Rogue avoiding Souther troopers. Like usually they when he does hang out with them, they end up either revealing themselves to be evil or getting themselves killed in some way or another. Yeah, kinda. So these guys feel like, you know, they're like, Hey, we're gonna do you a solid. We've heard all these stories and they're yeah. kind of not truly Souther troopers. They're just surviving troopers, you know what Basically, I mean? Basically, yeah. They they head out to talk about the legend of Rogue Trooper. They see something on the horizon. Rogue Trooper nailed to a wooden X with the sign deserter next to him. Can I can I say honestly? I thought it said pesterer the first time, <laughs> <laughs> just because the D is a little off. It's got a very drippy. I was like, paint why, why does he have like a pestering thing? And I'm like, oh no, no, it says dessert deserter. He really likes a good cake. And maybe yeah, he's uh, been, like a pie. Absolutely. He's been crucified in a very striking manner. But we'll find out more about that and what he's getting up to next episode. Next time, the stillest hour. You know, the last time we saw an ex-crucifix was uh, was in space with Dan Dare. Oh, that's right. The, the fucking Star Slayer star, Empire. Star Sla- yeah, no, you got it. <laughs> How do you even remember what they're called? <laughs> 
I gotta reach deep into my brain, Fox. Gotta like, gooch listen, deep in there. I've lost a lot of superfluous information to keep all this 2000 AD in here, man. And it's, we're still – we're, we're, we're not quite a third of the way through. So listen, it's going to be – My my god. Very exciting time to see the mental deterioration of Conrad despite so at, what's going on this at, episode. At some point, you're going to be the eternal emperor, but the eternal emperor in a way that you are like the ultimate librarian of all 2018. <laughs> He's more 2000 AD now than man. Um, <laughs> so let's finish up Fox get to the end here oh my god I can't wait for us to talk about all the things that we don't like quickly jump start our Hillary Robinson power hour at the start of Thrill 9 Future Shocks oh man there are so many future shocks in this fucking car. yeah there's like four it's bad uh first that, one that puts it on judgment block just fyi fair uh first one is deadline it's called deadline script of hillary robinson art robot ron smith letting her about nick Ab- Ab- abadzis ron he smith deserves. is back yay ron smith it's his first it's time good. back in 2008 since prog 499 um and we see what is what is at least an art an artist's rendition of Hillary Robinson working on a script as a my notepad. Favorite, my yeah, my favorite part is the notepad that's constantly changing what it's saying to her and he- and hectoring her to work harder and faster. <laughs> Ask not for whom the bell tolls when the go- the going gets tough. The tough bluff is maybe my favorite. Scene. Yeah. So this is a decent future shock. It's it's in Prague six twenty two. And it's one where she's writing uh, – and I should say 622 is kind of interesting because it's where she wrote three of the thrills in there. She did this one yeah. and and Medivac and Tales from the Doghouse. Like very uh, – almost wagged levels of output in here. Yeah. This is really the height of her time in 2000 AD. She prints out her scripts worrying that there's still an anomaly or two within it and takes it to the post office. Oh, some really great characters by Ron Smith in the street <sighs> scene. Well, yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> the script yells abuse at various postal workers and is eventually taken to the 2008 nerve center where it's dumped out in front of Tharg and it gives the eagle eye, the evil eye to a very freaked out looking Pat Mills. It's a glaring anomaly. Yeah, exactly. Thar gets on the phone, glaring anomaly. The office is full of caricatures, but from what I've been able to see, this is less um, actual people in the 2008 offices and more just sort of Ron Smith drawing a bunch of hip young people in a, in a, Which, in a enclosed area. you know, I can appreciate that. Although, I do like this postman kind of having a, like, I don't know, what what is his name? The officer from Leave it to Beaver. I know no. what you're talking about. Oh. No, not Leave it to Beaver. Andy, Andy Mayberry. Andy Kaufman Andy show. Andy, Andy Griffith, Griffith show. Andy Kaufman. Jesus Christ. What am I thinking? Yeah, That's it's Andy Griffith That's show. Different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Taxi. Taxi is so fantastic. Remember, you up, remember shows like Taxi? Anyway, yes, keep going. I'm not talking about it. Next up, Reunion. <laughs> Script about Nicholas Barber. Art about Ron Smith. Art about Steve Potter. More Ron Smith. On the I really... Plate. Oh, good. I really appreciate your ability to move forward. Just trying to keep it rolling, buddy. Go for it, man. On the planet tour noon, a bunch of old guys are drinking and talking about old times. Whatever happened to their buddy Joe? Success! That's what. Yeah, oh, look, here I am. Sparkly and beautiful and slightly uh, glowy. 
Yeah, he bursts through the door, a young man with cool long hair and a sweet hat and a big trench coat. He regales them with tales of his adventures over the last 40 years. He's fought yeah, in wars. Yeah, about how he fucking went like uh, uh, light speed and then lost yeah. age. That's not how that works. Yeah, he fought in wars. He got rich. He even traveled faster than life, which made him stay young. That's, oh, that's bullshit. Nice. But it's also a lie. One of the elders says he's a fraud. He never left the planet. And he died in a hovercar crash 40 years ago. Shocked. Joe storms off, fading away as he goes. Don't worry, Frank. He'll be back next year. Because this is a fun little (laughs) sci-fi ghost story. I like it. It's pretty cute. I just, you know, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) That's the best I can say. I... I I I like it just fine, but also I don't understand why is he a ghost? Why just only once a year? Because that's just how ghosts work, man. I don't know. I, I mean, can't I explain gr- that any more than that lady I pick up. I picked up hitchhiking on prom night, and who then killed me? All right, it's complicated. These worlds of Whoa. ghosts. <laughs> I got better, Fox. It's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> On the topic of alternate situation, alternate realities, Fox, this story is called Amanda. Script about Jim Campbell, art about Chris Weston, letter about John Aldrich. Second Future Shock of 623, which I'm not very pleased at, but I do like this story. Mm. A man Ah, in a very sci-fi soldier getup appears through a portal and walks through a crowded city street. This many people freak him out, but he's on a mission to find his beloved Amanda. He remembers leaving her and going off to war. His picture of her keeping him alive and sane through all the fighting. Even when he was stabbing a dude in the neck. Yeah, after five years, he's coming home to her. He arrives, but sees her saying goodbye to a man himself. Oh, man, I'm going to shoot myself and replace me with him because it's me. Before he can kill his double, a bunch of MPs show up and grab him. He's taken to an officer. It seems he illegally used a paratime portal to find an alternate version of his wife. One that's still alive, but they can't use portal this way. Portals this way, no matter how much they'd like to. Instead, we see him go to the bl- to the blown up building where Amanda once lived. A very melancholy future shock. This one and the ghost story one actually very melancholy uh, future shocks. I, I feel like okay. So yes, he got the 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 phone portal thing. Hashtag sliders, whatever. Sliders. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Conrad. Because that was the first thing I thought when he went through the portal with the phone. <laughs> but uh, also, like they're like, all right, well, you really fucked up here. We're not giving you the portal phone anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, well, also probably because you're the military, like maybe he should go to jail for a little bit. Nah, it's like, nah, you could yet. just go right back to the ruin and reminisce and probably have some really traumatic experiences about seeing the lady that you loved that one I time. Mean, we see the, again. the uh, we see the CO also kind of look at this picture of his family that's probably I mean, missing. Yeah, but so, see, he's got the balls not to use the fucking hello phone to portal himself to fucking maybe, nice time. Maybe in this military everybody gets one gets one gets one, gets one, one free, hello phone portal. One free attack. Attempt to kill your alternate self and, t- and, and take your place. <laughs> and they and literally after- just watch you the whole time so that they can portal in and just be like, nah, dog. And yes. then like and send then you a- some- But it's only after you after you've done that the second time, that's when you start getting sent to the brig or whatever. You know what? Honestly, I'm alright with that. You gotta learn it the hard way, man. 
Yeah, and right. like not be blamed for like feeling a bad about all of the things that went wrong. Because like, so like what I like about what he was saying was he's like, listen, dog, like, uh, it it really sucks. And we built these like this super advanced technology to kind of deal with our problem and have won us the war. But also, we're not going to let all of our problems leak into these other worlds. So I think you're kind of right. You kind of get one. You know what I mean? Like yeah. one shot. And they're like, yeah, we're going to be watching you the whole time. But as soon as you do that, you're not going to be able to use the portal things anymore. I kind of get that. That feels oh, good. You trapped me in two different song song references, Fox. Please do both. Because I was going to say, if you got reality problems, I feel bad for you, son. <laughs> I got 99 <laughs> problems that your dead wife ain't one. But then... <laughs> I was also gonna say, oh my you only God. you only got one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow this opportunity to replace yourself and marry your ultra reality wife. Comes it on once Mom in a lifetime. Spaghetti. Exactly. Mom spaghetti. All right, final future shock. Oh God. <laughs> Just between it- ourselves, this one's called. Oh. We've seen this before. I know we've seen this future shock before. Feels very similar. Script no, I mean, no, we've seen it. We had oh, to have seen it. I don't know. Script about Don, Don, uh, Donkin and Neil Brand. <laughs> art about Gaul. Donkey about Neil. Aldrich, Donkin I, and Neil. It's two people. I, don't I love know Donkey the, Neil. It's the first time from the product for both these, for all these guys, except for John Aldrich, and I don't see yeah, their names Yeah, back in, in like 1976 or whenever we fucking read this for the first time. This is not a now fucking future shock. They did this again. Conrad, I will, I know this is not from here. I've read this before. I had to have. I feel like there's definitely been some cloning stuff. A man called Jack gets a call in the middle of the night from his old friend, Professor McKenzie. He goes to meet Mac in his hover station wagon in the middle of the night in a bad part of town, so he takes a gun. He meets Mac, and Mac lays out the story while working for a- on an alien virus. He instead discovers the secret to exact cloning. Yeah. Why it could be used to make infinite Hitlers or something. He instead <laughs> hides his discovery. Infinite Hitlers are so bad. It's really the worst. Um, and so he tries to uh, to make his escape, but he needs his buddy uh, Jack to buy him a ticket off planet. But Jack, seeing only the money he can make from cloning, shoots Mac instead. Jack opens Mac's briefcase, but it's empty, only a transmitter inside. He tries to apologize and say he can still be trusted. But on the other end of the transmitter, a small army of Dr. McKenzie's are skeptical. Oh, my God. Conrad. This is really not one from 1970, whatever. This is actually when Barney, Barney, 2000AD.org, whatever, Barney. Yeah. It, this is the first time it shows up. Yeah, I know. But it feels so similar. I mean, it's a very, it's a very similar story. Like, it's not break. We're not breaking any new ground in terms of what Future Shocks can be about, you know? Upsetting. I was so sure. Sorry, buddy. Should have trusted I me. I trust you. I just. Is that what this story is about? That's right. Put your trust in Conrad. Don't shoot him in cold blood when he shows you a case full of like enough money to buy half a planet. But also be afraid of my army of Conrad clones. Oh, no. We already know you have those. That's how you do all of the things you do. Yeah, all those various past and future Conrads all mixed together. It's like King Arthur, the once and future Conrad. But with <laughs> that said, Fox. With two Jim Beams down 
and two elephant tall boys down. 200 milliliters of vodka working through my system. Oh, God, while you're sick. Question for you, Fox. How did we drink all this alcohol and continue to make a great show, man? I can't tell you that. It is a fucking industry secret, and quite literally, you have the patent on it. I mean, that's just raw talent, buddy. But <laughs> my actual question is, what were you talking about in thrills for this April 1989? <sighs> oh, man. Was that <laughs> like the question, how that ended as a question? So I must uh, know. Oh, my God. Uh, Tell me. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's just so What are you talking about of thrills? Oh my god. Oh my god. I feel so accosted here. You know what? Fuck it. You know, here's my bottom right now. Yeah. You know what I don't love? I don't love bucking filler. So basically I'm gonna put the daily dreads as decent as they were, and I'm gonna put the future shocks as okay as they were. I'm gonna put that shit at the bottom. You wanna know why? Because I wanted to read stories, not read one-offs, and like where we were going from last time, at least from what I remember about it. I was excited about this, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're very – Things, I mean, things I, have yeah, to end. I know it's a clearing deck. I yeah, know. We're very but I'm not going to make a hard – On the verge of having a new stuff starting in 626 especially. So we are just listen, clearing decks Listen, my bit. man. I will make hard decisions when hard decisions are merited. That's How's fair. That? Yeah, absolutely. So so instead I'll say my, my runner-up to all this thing – is fucking Helios. It wrapped up nice and tight, and it was beautiful. But, I mean, quite frankly, with everything that we got this for fucking progs, I mean, yeah. quite frankly, the only thing I can say is JD. Like, with any sort of a sort of a thing, uh, or, or at least with any sort of merit. Because, like, while I love Medivac, Medivac ended kind of like, eh. Yeah. Like, I, I, it was so emotional last time, especially when I read it. I was like, damn. This is some like Mike Dory shit at the end. Like I was feeling a thing because of the artwork. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, I just become a pilot. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why any of this? But Judge Dredd, I mean, dude, we go we go from like the end of a thing where I mean, the whole breakdown story is just kind of funny. But then to yeah, also like some thing. foreshadowing with Ninja Butt. To finally, <laughs> like, some, like, <laughs> and I will say this because I love to say it, Banana City antics. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, honestly, Judge Red, you did your silly stuff, and I love it. And I actually love that they are they are going to, like, eviscerate the conclusion of Mr. Barry. Pretty good. Uh, for the month, I'd say, you know. Nice. This was a... Well, I just mean like this particular set of progs, especially for April and whatever. I'm like, meh, eh, like it's fine. It's clearing That's the fair. decks month, but I stand by my decision. And uh, then I narrow my sights on you, Conrad, and I question your ability to challenge me in this regard. What were your top and bottom thrills? <sighs> challenge me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know what? You're sick. I redact right. my challenge and I no, say instead, fine. join me, Conrad. No. Join Bring it me. On, motherfucker. Let's go. Join um, me. I'll definitely Google join gobble. you with saying that Judge Dredd is my top. Oh, yeah. It's a good choice. Fine. It's a good choice. Um, I will say, I think the real choice for my bottom is just all these little tiny stories that yeah. were in there, you know? Yeah. All these like whether honestly, whether it's Strontium Dog or yeah. Anderson or yeah. Zippy Couriers or yeah. whatever else, you know, you're just sort yeah. of 
show up for one or two progs and get out of here. It's like I'm trying They're, to build a month, buddy. No, no. These are those these are those people who show up for work and say like, oh, you know, I, I work really hard even though I only work one hour less than everybody else. You know? You're like, oh, all screw right. that. Thanks thanks for showing up as I stay three hours late to my job. Damn. Like, it's from the heart here. Um, I think though generally uh I'm reluctant to say that mm-hmm. Future Shocks is my bottom. Oh, do you feel that solidarity, ladies and gentlemen? It's because I'm a like, seductive like mistress. Between Future Shocks and uh, Daily Dreads, we've got a bottom oh, set up here. I, okay, so I will amend this. I will also put in Daily Dreads to that category very firmly. Because you're right. What? Like, Don't waste my time. These have Just been published. Because those, like again, I I, I want to say for the record, like I'm I always I'm always there for a daily dread. I love They're Ian fine, Gibson, but also they like been published. But yeah, but that doesn't make it not filler, and it doesn't make it not fillerific to have them here in the prog. So do not like. I mean, I'd still even before daily dreads prefer a two-page or three-page uh, future shock. Because totally. at least then we just have a bunch of future shocks or reprints of future shocks. And even though future shocks would be at the bottom, they would at least be more engaging than like four. Yeah. Well, no. What is it? Four by four. So four 24. By fuck. Yeah. Uh, four by. Oh, that's even worse. At least it's an effort is what I'm trying to say. 20 yeah. slides of me reading tiny text. We've gotten past that. We're out of the 70s, man. Yeah, we're, we're better than this, guys. Come on. <laughs> All right. So, before we finish up Fox, I put out a call for well wishes from folks for our <gasps> 200th episode. Aw. I know it's a bit a bit self-serving, but here's what we got. Whatever. Once again, leave this to future Conrad to read these out. Enjoy, you sober bastard. Hey, I'm so happy that you're doing that, but also, you know... I'm me and I'm drunk. Hey, man. How are you doing? See if we can't get future Fox involved in this situation as well. Anyway. You can give me... Th- th- well, okay. Thank you, past boys. We're here for well wishes. Thank <laughs> we you, are future the one Fox. <laughs> Thank you, future Fox as well, for joining me as we read out these well wishes from our amazing listeners. Aww. Thanks a lot, everybody. It means so much. I really appreciate it. Feel you guys good. are such sweethearts. Oh, yeah. Yes. Warm... Warm fuzzies all around, as we say here in American elementary schools. Um, So, (laughs) first from Twitter, (gasps) Robert uh, Hardingham says, I just want to congratulate you and Fox on the imminent episode 200. What an amazing achievement. You have taken me on a thrill ride like no other. Highs, lows, drunk episodes, and even brought me to tears with your synopsis of skiz. I can't (laughs) wait to hear what you have in store with us in the coming months. Here's to 200 more. We get we have drunk episodes. I mean, we're soaking in one, <laughs> frankly. In the future, looking back, uh, next Paul Smith says, "Congratulations on the milestone. Been listening from the start, and I cannot wait to hear what you guys think of the '90s. Keep up the fantastic work. Here's to two hundred. Here's the next two hundred episodes." Man, and I feel like the '90s are this like this impending thing, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, I, I should say. <clears throat> Robert had a cheers emoji, and Paul Smith has a uh, party party emoji and a uh, and a party popper emoji. Comic Seed Magazine, our buddies in print say, "Well done, quite an achievement." And Dave Wynn, aka Scowling Monkey, says, "Well done, quite an achievement," or says, "Live long and prosper." My nice. my dude, 
Thank you. Yeah, orangutans. Um, next up on Instagram, Nick K, aka Thrash Metalhead Mania. Said, Damn. I just want to. I just want to say I love this podcast. I found it a, a little late in the game, but I'm listening to every episode from one to one forty three. Oh man, uh, <laughs> I'm still pushing through, and I'll catch up with you guys soon. Though Space Spinner gets me through my ten hour work days. I'm twenty one and have been a fan of two thousand AD since I was eight or nine. I found out about Judge Dredd when my father showed me the Stallone movie. I've been hooked ever since. Oh. Just congratulate us on 200 episodes. I can't wait to catch up. And if you guys aren't aware, at Flashbook 1 and 2, Shackos, Helltrekkers, and Ant Wars are all reprinted in color in, oh. the qu- in the quality comics comic called Scavengers. Good to know. Damn. Um, then, so on Facebook, Fox, on the Fatchabooka. Um <laughs> <laughs> Gareth Edwards Tolman uh, uh, Lloyd Tolman says congratulations on reaching 200 episodes your, what a name your dedication is Gefalbit may you be Krill Trothargo may your Mac Mac be cold your hangover oh, be yeah. non-existent <laughs> and don't think about how many procs you've still got to do Splendig Verthrig Splendig Verthrig my man yeah <laughs> there's, Phillips, there's a lot there's we have oh, a yeah. lot we got thousands absolutely literally thousands <laughs> I mean, no. Well, I mean, by the time we end, maybe. But at this point, like a thousand and then like several hundred. (laughs) (laughs) And we've done 30. We're nearing 30 percent. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, Um, I like that number. Yeah. John Phillips says, uh, congratulations. I've been listening to you guys alongside my first prog slog. And it's like reading the progs with a couple of mates. Also, Aww. don't worry. I found Britain in the 70s and 80s incomprehensible, too, and I <laughs> lived here. <laughs> Paul Lloyd Holt says, congratulations, fella. F- fellas, you are making me relive my fondest 2080 memories, and it's completely czar jazz. Really funny, too. Keep it up. Aw, thank you, man. And uh, Steve Green, friend of the show. He's been on here a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, big 3D effects guy. Awesome. Congratulations. Uh, did uh, did uh, Judge Minty and the Astronaut Team Dog fan film. Fuck Says, yeah. congratulations. You've been a staple podcast for me. The combination of the reveals of twists to Fox, the reader art, the weird <laughs> adverts of ancient toys, songs <laughs> sung, and a fresh take on 40-year-old comics makes my day when a new one is released. Fuck yeah. And finally, Richard Pearson says, a nice one, lads. I'm just about to episode 51, but I'm catching up. And so we'll see you in episode 200, buddy. Jesus. <laughs> the the sound quality gets better. The the episodes get a little longer. And uh, peaks and valleys Sometimes. on my sobriety. <laughs> Sometimes a lot longer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then finally, uh, uh, Damien Edwardson, who's a, who's a great artist. He did this um, Galactic Wrestling Alliance, like, like a Whoa. sci-fi pro wrestling comic that i kickstarted he's a cool dude that is um, awesome yeah I'll, I'll, I'll share with you it's, it's really cool mm-hmm. um says huge congrats on 200 guys it seems like only yesterday you were enthralling us with your take on classics such as shako ant wars and the legendary bill savage oh man i mean <laughs> we just did that like uh episode one re- redo which yeah that was pretty good and going back and reading bill savage again was just so yeah, good to good to touch back with these old friends for sure. He says, "Thanks, thanks for the laughs. Here's the next 200, and buckle up because it's going to get bumpy over the next decade or so." Oh God, damn it! <laughs> he clarified that he meant decade of progs, but I said, "Yeah, you know who long, who knows how long it's going to take us." A <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last one from 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 Facebook here from uh, Peter Adamson from the Where Eagles Dare podcast. Yeah, our boys. Oh, it's him. 
You always appreciate these guys. Uh, Borak Dunk, Conrad Fox from the Eagle's Nest on top of King's Reach Tower. As I write, this is uh, – as I write this, Where Eagles Dare is still counting episodes in double digits at the beginning of one of the great years in the Galaxy's Greatest Comic, 1984. Ah, those were the days. Hmm. But you, of course, you are in fact so far in our future we could barely see you like a distant star, a twinkle in the eye of the mighty one. So wow. hearty, big beaked congratulations from us on reaching the big 200. May you continue to do what you do so well, um, which is find many um, – which is find – oh, hmm. Which, which is find the new and what many of us squawks would find old and the great and what we might misremember to be bad. Anyone who might encourage me to revisit Moonrunners needs some sort of Beetlejuice in honor. <laughs> and I, for one, can't wait till you get to dead meat so I can see if I'm not alone in appreciating that series. Interesting. You guys are an inspiration. Long may your breeks never leak. And Splundig Verthrig. My dude. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah, very nice. Oh, man, Dead Meat Fox. That's going to be a fucking time. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see what I do. It's got – I can't even – I can't even describe what's gonna, what, what it's going to be about. But it is going to push a hard-line vegetarian agenda. And if oh. we keep it at our current pace, we'll get to it in um, early next year, Fox. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway – in the 2080 forums, where everyone's always welcome, drop in. We post our episodes there as well. Uh, Sheridan, who's going to be coming on later um, in this in in the year here for Woo. to talk about an annual, and who does the uh, Backprog Slog blog, which is pretty good. <laughs> um, where he's also crawling through 2080, does one one prog at a time. It's one of my daily reads. It says. For episode 200, it's so energizing listening to a fresh take on the old progs, particularly. As you're entering the era, I wouldn't have read them quite so often, you know, if at all, because of adult life and so forth. The enthusiasm and humor that you and Fox bring always cheer me up, um, <laughs> always cheer up a sometimes dreary day. And on a personal note, your archives of podcasts is a great goal for my own prog slog. I know that for every four or five uh, progs, I, 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 I read all of a new of a new old space bitter to listen to because of course oh, awesome. he listens to them after doing his own blog. You don't want to spoil yourself. Oh, like of course, that, you know, of course. Yeah. It's vitally important when it comes to certain annuals and specials. Yeah. I think we all know that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Whizbang says, congratulations on reaching the 200 mark. Do you remember the days when Conrad would announce that you were on episode 43 or so and Fox would groan about how high the number was? <laughs> <laughs> It's great to have you um, to have you both stick with it, and we get to um, we get to follow the highs and lows with you as you plow onwards. Special thanks for me for the work and energy he puts in keeping the show going. Listen, wouldn't have it any other way. Beautiful, our buddy Eamon Clark from the Mega City Book Club. Hey, oh, we're hitting all the, all the marks. Yeah, bring on episode two hundred and more power to your to your podcasting elbow, Space Spinner two thousand. The best thing to happen to Thrill Power since the Mighty One himself. Aww. Roll on, my son. <laughs> you didn't see he didn't say the last part. Um, and and finally, Colin, you'll you'll never walk alone. Says episode two hundred. I demand more, more, more. <laughs> and I believe, uh, uh, uh Colin. YNWA was also the guy who said in episode 100 <laughs> that we'd only done like 14%, like 18% of frogs. We, we, we got to jump to it. And listen, we're underway, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, I'll say this much, uh, you know, just as we're as we're kind of coming to the close of this, uh, the episodes will be raising by an additional five p. Uh, contact your local podcast dealer. Oh yeah, listen, yeah, no, talk to me. I'll happily take your money. You know, I got <laughs> PayPal. I don't make a big I don't make a big deal about it on the show, but it's certainly possible. Anyway. With my money grubbing gone, Fox, let's us send it back to these past boys to finish up episode 200. Get out of here, you past losers. Don't screw it up, you bunch of miscreants. I know what you've been up to, Conrad. Stop it. (laughs) Just stop it. All right? You know. I hope everybody enjoyed the show and all 200 of these episodes here to many hundreds more to finally finish up 2018. If if you've been here or if you've listened to all 200 episodes, tell Conrad and Conrad will tell me and then I'll be upset because that'll be fun. Because just why? Why did you do it? Because it's fun. and We're funny guys, buddy. Whatever. It's good I hope, times. I hope so. But also, like, you know, I love you. Thank you yeah. for listening to 200 fucking episodes. That's a lot of episodes, man. Why Absolutely. did you do it? That's so much. He said it was like. 10 minutes of your life or whatever 300 minutes 300 hours oh god uh 12 yeah. days of your life that's right thank you yeah like that's not that's not a small thing that's also no. not a small thing for us i feel like i feel like yours is so much larger than that <laughs> well yeah I mean, yeah you still have you still got a ways to go before you get to 200 man so live, live I, it up well no know? i mean like your your total contributions has got to been like 500 hours easily yeah, I mean, listen. There's no, there's no editing point. and other shows and the other shows for this show. There's no point figuring it out because it'll just be depressing. Anyway, it will not. You're great. I love Thanks, you, buddy. man, and so does the rest of the people here. Hey. I imagine you are a massacre of a human being. Whoa! Thanks, man. I appreciate. It. I love you too, man. Couldn't have done it without you. Really excited for where we're going in the future. Oh, yeah. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, or podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page on Twitter. We're at Space Spinner 2K. If you want to go to Space Spinner 2000, you'll find us there. Or Pornhub. Yeah, thank you again for for sticking with us for 200 episodes. Here's to many, many more. Man, I feel like this calls for a Splendic Rith rig. Well, hold on, because I just want to say, come back next week as we return to weekly episodes and Barry and Mo show down. Dendra takes a bath. Things <laughs> get complicated in Cinnabar. We'll start two Compli- huge new stories. Zenith Phase 3 and yeah, Slain the Horned oh, God. Finally. The crown jewels have arrived at last. But until then, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Sprumbig Dig for